Mick Cowley, though, is joining us to talk some greyhound racing. He's got a special guest with him. G'day, Mick. Hello, Dave. How's things this morning, mate? Very good, mate. Uh, Looking forward to a big weekend ahead. Some uh, good greyhound racing coming our way today. Of course, tomorrow there's been a couple of good betting moves and uh, we've got Dapto tonight. But uh, big night tomorrow night here in the western part of Sydney. Mate, you're absolutely right. Big night. Richmond Club, their big event. It's the Derby and the Oaks. But also on that card is a special race, the Frank Kennedy Memorial. Time-honoured event, which has been held by the club for a number of years now. And we're very, very fortunate today to be joined by the son of Frank. Everyone will know him from 2KY old days and uh, Sky Sports Radio. Terry TK Kennedy, mate, thanks for joining us this morning, TK. Mick, Dave, well, thanks for having me, mate, on the Greyhound program. Mate, who would have thought? There you go. But as as I said, this uh, this night is a special one, and uh, and I know that you and the family do try and get out there each year for this night at Richmond. Absolutely, be there with bells on again, trying to find a winner, just like I was as a, a primary school kid, mate. Every Friday night, still trying to find a winner. Not much has changed, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's um, a tremendous honour. The family is still um, very, um, you know, great. You know, Full of gratitude, really, for the Richmond Race Club for still staging the French Frank Kennedy Memorial. Um, it's, I, I reckon we must be up to about year number forty-five, to tell you the truth, which is uh, quite remarkable because uh, Dad did love that Richmond Greyhound Club and, in many, many ways, put it on the map. Mate, you're absolutely right. You, you know, we we go back and you know, your daddy was a champion boxer and a trainer and a promoter. He, he worked for 2KA at Katoomba and uh, pretty much got the gig, if my understanding is correct. Uh, Ian Craig moved across to 2KY and they're after someone to call the dogs at Richmond and uh, and your dad stepped up and, as they say, the rest is really history. Yeah, Mick, that's about right. And, of course, uh, radio was the only way you could keep in touch with um, the greyhounds, the, the harness, or also the gallops. That was, uh, these guys were quite legendary in their time, way before Sky Channel came along, where everyone started watching the, you know, the, the racing codes on the TV. The, the eyes and ears were certainly the commentators who brought the action into the lounge rooms on the, the wireless, as we used to call it back in those days, or, or the radio. And... Yeah, Dad um, found his mark there. He was really a, to tell you the truth, Mick, he was a, a one of those colourful rack on tools <laughs> who, uh, who sort of had many, um, you know, many irons in the fire. But uh, he loved the greyhounds. He was a talented commentator. Um, yeah, and that was our that was our life really. And then you know he was also involved with the Skipper Greyhound. Uh, food company at the time and then went on to be editor of the Greyhound Recorder. So it became um, very much part of our lives. And I grew up every Friday night from, you know, the age of five to 20 at Richmond Greyhounds on a Friday night and Saturday night at either Wentworth Park or the old Harold Park circuit. So that's how I'm getting on in years now, mate. Mate, I think we all are, and we're all very similar. Those those Friday nights at Richmond, they, they were iconic, um, some memories of those times, yeah, obviously not as a five-year-old, but later in life, yeah, being able to punt for the first time, I'd imagine, would have probably happened at one of those courses. Yeah, a long time before I was 18 years of age, too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whether that was a good thing. And, you know, I used to, back in those days, run bets for some of the, yeah, the, the, the big names of the greyhound world or the, 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 the um, commentary world. And, geez, I was fitter than Robert D. Costello, I can tell you, running... Running bets one, you know, for, for Ray Warren at one stage, <laughs> up and downstairs. Uh, 
Uh, it was quite a remarkable time, to tell you the truth. Um, you know, there were big crowds then, and that mix, you know, the veteran in those days, whether they were 30 or 40 bookies, you know, the, the Harold Park trots were also staged on a Friday night. So even the trot ring had, you know, 12 to 15 bookmakers in it. And the crowds that would get there and, you know, the, the amount of money that was being bet as well and, you know, dogs that were being um, being uh, plonked on was quite incredible. It was it, it was cold during winter, I remember, and it mm-hmm. was uh, could could be extremely hot during uh, summer there. But they were great Friday nights. I, I guess some memories. Um, God, I remember running down to the betting ring one day, and I've, I've I've twisted my ankle down the stairs. I've done you know half overhead, and next minute the ambulance lady comes and she's looking after me, and she goes, um, "What were you doing?" I said, "I was running to get a bet on you. The Red Dog is supposed to be a special." In this race, but you know, I've got you know fifty dollars here to bet. She goes, "I'll go and do it for you." So she's left me there on the steps. She's gone and put the bet on. She's come back and shoved the ankle in the ice bucket of water, which is freezing cold. And said, "I had ten dollars of my own on that, and it just got beaten." So, uh, <laughs> yeah, nothing changed. You know, the punts are wonderful thing. They're great people, the Greyhound people. It's so good to see Richmond just uh, be rejuvenated and revitalised, and. Um, Again, you know, turnover so good at that track. Mate, you you did mention your dad, you know, and he was a trailblazer in a lot of ways. And, and I remember as a kid, you know, growing up watching Sports World on a Sunday and, and Punters mm. Post Mortem, and, and your dad on that. That was the real first look of, of Greyhound racing on TV as well. He, he'd have some replays on and talk about uh, the industry and, and the race meetings and the dogs and that sort of stuff. That must have been must have been interesting for you as a kid, you know, seeing your old man on TV as well. Yeah, it was strange. It was, and and it was sort of normal as well because everybody, uh, you know, colourful characters would always be at our house, and you know, we would eat early, and then they'd all get into the the station wagon, they'd all go off to the dogs, whether that be, you know, Dapto, Bulleye, Gosford, you know, Newcastle, uh, Tamworth, wherever 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 they were on, they, they were always going off to a, a meeting, and yeah, met some wonderful characters. That Punters Post Mortem segment, which was on the Rex Moss of the Sports Action Program, was was really iconic. And and to actually have a guy like Dad um, being on that panel, Max Presnell did the he actually mm. did the gallops, and of course Ian Craig did the the harness, and Dad did the greyhounds. And to have someone champion the sport and that of the little punter, uh, as Dad was a champion of the little punter. To um, you know, profile greyhound racing at that time on such a program on Sunday, where everybody got their sport in the old days from that sports action program, um, and you know, Richmond greyhounds were a big part of that because they'd show the daily double and maybe the extra double from Richmond greyhounds, as long as the as well as the Saturday night meeting from Harold Park or Wentworth Park. So it was massive exposure, and you know, you were you know, greyhound racing was among among the big times getting exposure. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah, the, the sport is indebted to you know, someone like your dad for getting that exposure early on in those times. And we were kind of level pegging in terms of exposure with the thoroughbreds and with harness at the time, thanks to, to segments like that on that program. But you, um, you know, I actually remember seeing you compete on a dog track once. I, uh, I remember some vision vividly at the Gabba of uh, yourself and Greg Bradley and Michael Maxworthy in a, uh, in a celebrity race. I still reckon I got dudded. Um, <laughs> I, 
I, I did fire in a protest here, I guess, for one of a better term, over the old celebrity hurdles, which um, started at Wenny Park, from memory, um, in the really old days, and then went on to uh, be at the Gabba there, yeah. So they, they, were, they were great days. And, you know, the Greyhound people are, are tremendous people, and it's great to see that sport thriving now. And, you know, they were, they were colourful days with colourful people. Uh, and they were, they were different times, but they were terrific times. And it's good to see the sport thriving as it is now. Ray, obviously, yeah, your dad's broadcasting career, that would have been a bit of a yeah, encouragement for you to get involved in that industry. Is that pretty much the way it went? And, and obviously, you did. Yeah, you were a sports reporter. You were a footy caller, you know, a race broadcaster, all those sorts of things. Was that something that kind of yeah, encouraged you to get involved? Mick, I guess I grew up around, you know, greyhound tracks and race tracks. You know, we would go to Richmond on a, a Friday night, then we'd be at the Gallops on the Saturday, then we'd be at Wenny or you know, Harold Park on a Saturday night. So I sort of grew up completely around the sport. You know, Dad passed away when I was only 13 years of age, and I was lucky enough that uh, Graham McNeese, who's um, been a tremendous trailblazer also for the world of greyhound racing, um, he took over Dad's roles on Richmond, um, on 2UE at the time, and then also on the Rex Moffat Sports Action Program. And, you know, I kept going to Richmond. I kept going to the dogs. And, um, you know, I was helping out in the broadcast box, I guess, as an assistant to um, to Graham. And then, you know, the day came, we said, well, you know, get on the microphone and do something. So I don't want to talk on the microphone. You know, I'm not... And then he said, get up there. Your dad your dad would be ashamed of you if you didn't get on the microphone. So... And I got on the microphone one Friday night, I think, doing the weights and the scratchings at uh, Richmond Greyhounds. And that was, I was probably about 15, <laughs> maybe 16. Uh, I was probably 16. Um, and then, yeah, then I got involved, um, you know, throughout the News Limited organisation that owned Channel 10 at the time and obviously the papers. And I was sort of off and running. It wasn't accidental, but it sort of just kept growing. And, yeah, mm-hmm. what a, what a, you know, it's been a, Tremendous ride, I've got to say. Mate, is there a uh, is there a highlight or a moment that sticks out in your uh, broadcasting career? There isn't the the broadcasting careers where Olympics and Commonwealth Games have been terrific and doing the footy. But I, I just think, really, to be honest, on on this program is it's just the people you met and the people mm. and the characters that I met when I was uh, involved in the early days with Dad and then with Graham, going to the Greyhounds. People like. Um, yeah, Gary Wilson, who, of course, was um, you know, famous. He owned a, a dog called Wooly Wilson, and you know, Dad took him everywhere. There are other characters that we just saw every weekend and very much became part of the family, and just good people from the sport that you, you meet along the way. And I think you know, that's probably been you know, the highlight, and all those good people still exist. And you know, Some of the champions you saw in action, it was funny because you know, when I grew up, everyone... I think Charlie's Angels were pretty famous back then, Farrah <laughs> Fawcett and all those days, and people had you know, photographs of uh, those girls on their walls. And, you know, I had photographs of you know, Willie Wilson and Miss Hilo on my wall, you know, Greyhounds. And, you know, so it was quite a different sort of upbringing. But uh, they were all great days, and they were all highlights. No, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, I, I guess you're not missing those 4 a.m. early get-ups get for uh, BSB anymore, though. No, I, I'm not, mate. I've, I've never had that need to wake up at 3.45 and think I've got to jump out of bed and do something. Yeah, but they were, they were great days. Appreciated all the people I work with and, and all those listeners. And now still involved in 
know, the racing industry with the racing league, which is going tremendously well. We've got 21 horses now across three different states. And, you know, we've had 11 horses to the track for 11 wins so far. And we've got some real quality coming through. So, you know, it's exciting times and you just keep, your career just keeps morphing. Mate, I was, was going to say, what's your, what are you up to now? Obviously, that racing league. And I saw a photo on, on social media a little while back, you know, entering the winning owner's room. But, uh, that must be good. It is tremendous. And the great thing is, and I guess, uh, you know, it, it will eventually filter down to greyhounds as well. But it's just the racing league, to uh, let everybody know, it's, it's just making um, the, the racing industry affordable and ownership affordable to everybody. So it's all about micro-ownership. It's all about allowing everyday Australians who walk the street to own premium racehorses at an affordable price. It's just $260 to buy in, and then it's $20 a month to maintain your your seven horses in one particular team, whether that be Queensland, New South Wales or Victoria. And, you know, in a very, very short space of time, Vic, we've had runners in listed races. We've got um, a runner in the JJ Atkins just two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got some exciting prospects coming through. The Friedman boys have got a tremendous horse rust called Luna Rocks who uh, will be headed to the Princess Series and we've got Lethal Ford heading to the Caulfield Guineas. So, um, yeah, plenty of great action coming up and yeah, so you can go to trl.net and check it all out. And I'm sure plenty of people will, buddy. Thank you so much for uh, for coming on and having a chat. It was great to catch up again. Uh, glad to see you doing well. Have a fantastic night there tomorrow night at Richmond. It'll be a, a great night out there and uh, as I said, mate, all the best to you and the family on a special night. Thanks, Mick. And again, thanks to the Richmond Race Club for honouring Dad's memory. We look forward to it, and any winners will be much appreciated. Yeah, good luck with that, mate. Um, do your best, and uh, and stick to the one on the eight. It usually works. <laughs> Thank you for that, Mick. There he was, Terry Kennedy. As I said, uh, the Frank Kennedy Memorial will be one of the features on that card tomorrow night at Richmond. The other two, of course, are the Derby and the Oaks. And favourite for the Oaks after a sensational run last week in the heats is Frank Hurst, Good Odds Cash. Let's have a listen to how she broke the track record. It flies. Good odds. Cash began very quickly. Goes to the early leader lap out. Cruise or lose. Rails up in the second spot. Followed by Lepidoptera wide. Then surprise baby. Midfield is Rockstar Sue. Followed by Appetizing as they head down the back. And good odds. Cash is already six in front. Off Cruise or lose. Surprise baby runs to second spot. Then Lepidoptera a minute away. Then Rockstar Sue as they come to the bend though. And good odds. Cash is off and gone. The Oaks gauntlet thrown. Good odds. Cash wins it by seven. Out Standing run, second surprise baby, third in the race. Give that to Cruiser. Fantastic performance there, good odds cash for Frank Hurst. 29-31, absolutely obliterating the track record, which was actually only set the uh, the heat before by Yuko Girl. Good odds cash has come up with the seven in the final. It's kennel mate ties the bind, has the eight. Yuko Girl is in the one. Jason McKay's fantastic Raven in the two, analysing in the three, surprise baby the four, Black Fox in the five, and Ritz of Donna for Mark Gatt in the six. And shout out to Mark Gatt. Mark actually had a, a motorbike accident on his property last week, and he, uh, he spent a night in hospital apparently. But I've, uh, I spoke to him this morning, and he's, uh, he's recovering, he's getting there, and, uh, and good luck. Good luck to the Gatt team with Ritz of Donna in that Oaks final tomorrow night in the Derby. We've got Crocodile Vela in the one, chasing Fernando the two, Fernando Hunter in the three, Zipping Curios will go around the favour after the 29.51 heat performance. It's in the four, he's grand in the five. Zipping Maserati in the six, Hold Me Up in the seven, and Special Blend for Ashley Dwyer in the eight, Dave. 
Fantastic. Great to hear from TK, mate. Should be a big night there tomorrow at Richmond. I'm not sure. Who's calling the action there tomorrow night? Mate, that's a very good question. It was obviously Russell Veach there uh, last week. Uh, yeah. Veach, uh, and he does a fantastic job, Russ. He's, uh, he's very good at it. I'm mate, not 100% sure exactly who will be, be calling it, but uh, whoever it'll be, they'll uh, do a fantastic job cracking, exactly. cracking races. No, where I was leading was giving Russell a rap. He's uh, obviously living a... A dream there. It will be Matt Jackson tomorrow night. Uh, Matt Jackson will be calling uh, Richmond. But, yeah, Russell Veach is doing an outstanding job. Uh, very, very professional. And I think it's uh, that's been a great opportunity for him that he seized, mate. So, uh, mate, good stuff. You're absolutely right. He's, uh, he's not only professional, he's very accurate as well. Uh, you listen to his calls and obviously you can see him on the screen as well. He's, he's very good. He picks up things early and uh, is very concise and uh, gives the information exactly how punters want to hear it. And great to hear from TK then. I had the pleasure of working with TK for many moons on the uh, the Big Sports mm. Breakfast. And uh, my, uh, well, mate, I won't have a book like TK in terms of my uh, career and whatnot, but he's a part of it, mate. Uh, he was there when I started on the Big Sports Breakfast and um, a very, very funny man. Very funny man. Uh, he's a very good guy. I remember uh, when I first started at, at Sky Racing too, the first bloke to come up to me was, was TK and he, he said, anything you need, anything I can help you with, just shout out. Let me know. He's that type of bloke. And, uh, it's good to see him doing well now too. Mate, uh, pleasure talking to you. Um, do we have any mail tonight at Dapto, or are we letting Dapto go tonight? Mate, mate, no, let's... Uh, okay. One at Dapto, it's, uh, it's in race eight. It's dog number three, Sheriff's Way. The uh, the dogs are barking about that one, mate. Okay, Sheriff's Way. There's one at Tamora as well mm. uh, that is completely off the map, um, and it's a feral Frankie first uh, starter that Jack Smith trains. Um, went up as much as, I think it's race two, Race two today at Tamora. Yeah, Red Hot Frankie opened as much as three twenty when markets first opened and is now a dollar forty. So someone out there uh, is quite keen on Mate, uh, on its I, chances. I do hope that uh, that Jack's got the car going okay there, yeah, because they do have a bit of drama with long trips. Uh, yeah, that's right, Kennel. Exactly right. Uh, hopefully, maybe there's some, a bit of some investment in to buy the new car. Well, surely after the uh, the big distance race at Newcastle, a new car's or the mechanic or something, there'd be something. I'm more interested in the Mandarins. He was trying to flog the Mandarins, <laughs> putting out a uh, the Facebook post saying, if anyone wants them, please see Marie. But I haven't had an update there. So maybe if he's listening or... Someone out there. He... A little side business that they have there, yeah, because it's That's hard work right. for dog trader. It's extraordinary. I went to Irink, the Irinka Kennels uh, when we did the story on Feral Frankie, and it, that was when we had that horrific drought a few years ago. Yeah. It was awful. Now it's unbelievable, uh, the amount of rain that's been in and around Forbes. So uh, looking forward to tomorrow today and also um, Richmond tomorrow night. Thanks for coming on, Mick. Appreciate it, mate. Have a good day. We'll chat again soon. Yep, uh, there is uh, Mick Cowley from Greyhound Race in New South Wales.